You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears 2021 schedule is tough on paper, and it's tough to pin down in May exactly how good some of these teams are going to be and then how to predict the Bears matching up with them. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, we dissect this Bears 2021 schedule. We'll look at what stretches are the easiest. What parts are the most difficult? Whether the Bears are in position to start hot or slow and finish hot or slow, potentially heading into the playoffs, as well as the most pivotal games. And we'll try and go through an early win-loss projection here, but it's, it's very early and it's very hard to pin down. On yesterday's podcast, we talked a lot about how Justin Fields and his timeline fits into this Bears schedule and trying to look and find a spot on there where it might be easiest to get him in and not overwhelm him with too much in terms of quality of opponent, but you know give him enough time to get some games under his belt before you reach the end of the season. And it's, it's difficult to find a stretch there because I think one of the more easier stretches tends to be fairly early. And that's the thing. It's not right away, but it's in that opening third of the season where it might be too early to yank Andy Dalton if you are indeed planning to start Andy Dalton as long as possible. Of course, week one, Sunday night against the Los Angeles Rams is going to be a big primetime matchup. The Bears and the Rams have had some, I was going to say good games, because they're not quite exciting games. They've been a little bit ugly at times, but close, contentious, difficult games back and forth in recent years. But now with Matthew Stafford in his first game with the Rams, is there going to be some growing pains there and some learning curve they have to iron out? Or is it going to be sort of the element of the surprise where the Bears won't know exactly what to expect from Sean McVay with this new and presumably improved quarterback situation in Los Angeles? I still kind of have that one down as a difficult game, if not at the very least difficult to predict. But from there, you get the Cincinnati Bengals then a tough one against the Browns, and then Lions and Raiders. Three out of those four games there from weeks two through five should be on the easier side, right? I don't want to completely write any team off in May, but we can kind of expect the Lions to be bad. I mean, they're they're a team that's much more long-term focused. And I think the Bengals at this point, too, As much as we might like Joe Burrow, they don't have a super strong supporting cast. And even people in Cincinnati will tell you they're not sure if Zach Taylor is going to finish out this season with the Bengals. And so, like, for me, those two teams are, like, the closest thing on the schedule we can find to for sure wins. You know, both Lions games and the Bengals game are games the Bears absolutely should win on paper right now 
in the middle of May. You know, it'll be the Andy Dalton revenge game, albeit at home in Chicago against the Cincinnati Bengals and then the Lions. And then you have the Raiders in week five. And there's just something about John Gruden's Raiders where you just can't trust them. And sometimes you can't trust them to be good and sometimes you can't trust them to be bad. And it's a little bit hard to pin down whether they're going to be good or bad. And that's that's why they're kind of an 8-8 eight and eight team and why they kind of feel like an 8-8 eight and eight team because they have talent. But And you're like, they'll, they'll beat the Chiefs kind of randomly last year and have some really good games and then they'll lose to teams and they'll get blown out by the Falcons and just have some really head-scratching performances during the season as well. So it, it's hard to pin them down, but it, it feels like given the volatility, I, I will take that as an easier part of the schedule as opposed to other teams that I, I don't see as quite so volatile. So like that's a nice stretch there of week two, four, and five with a tough Browns game mixed in there. I think the Browns are going to be maybe the best team in the AFC North next season. The Bears play all four of those AFC North teams, but that's not an easy stretch to just throw in Justin Fields unless you're starting Justin Fields week one. But if you're starting Andy Dalton week one, you're not going to make that change unless he gets hurt or just something absolutely crazy happens. But then you get into some of the more difficult stretches of this season, especially if Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer, which I think for our purposes today, we should assume that because, of course, it would change everything if Rodgers was not a Green Bay Packer. And you look to that week six through week nine leading into the bye week, Packers, then at Buccaneers, home versus the 49ers, and at Pittsburgh Steelers, that has some potential there to be a rough stretch. Mainly, you know, Packers and Buccaneers. We'll see what level of 49ers we get, how healthy they are by that stretch of the season, but there's still still remnants of that Super Bowl team. And, of course, Kyle Shanahan, known to be a, a good coach, if he has enough talent that he can work with there. And then the Steelers, I really don't believe in them a lot. But they did start out as the best team in football for a lot of the season last year. Ben Roethlisberger takes kind of a big decline, and they're going to try and carry Ben Roethlisberger another year. And I guess I don't know if by week nine he will have fallen off or not. And that's where it's kind of challenging to me. Like, if they can really preserve him for a while, he can get through that first half of the season— then the Steelers are going to be a pretty tough matchup, but I, I don't trust their offensive line, and I, I'm not sure that they've done enough in the right ways to support a struggling Ben Roethlisberger the way he's struggling. So I'm expecting them to drop off. I just don't know if Week 9 will be the point when they drop off. And when you have you know playoff-experienced teams with experienced, successful head coaches in that four-game stretch, that's going to be really tough. And then even the Ravens coming out of the bye week, that break will be nice, but Ravens, another one of these playoff-experienced teams with a dynamic quarterback that's really going to be hard to stop. I mean, there is a difficult stretch there in the middle of the season. But I think that concentration, which is not that concentrated, but that's sort of where we see the most difficulty. I think that bodes well a little bit more for the beginning and the ends of the season when you talk about uh, getting getting going well early on and also finishing strong into a potential playoff run. We'll go through those games and what we should expect from Andy Dalton and maybe Justin Fields by the end of it next on Locked On Bears. BetOnline.ag already has odds up for week one. Chicago Bears at Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football. Bears are already a seven-point underdog to start that week one game. Expectations clearly high for the Rams and clearly low for your Chicago Bears. 
Also looking at a over-under win total for the Bears this season at just 7.5 at this point, an under 500 finish in Justin Fields' first year. Certainly not a lot of immediate faith in these Bears, which makes it a good time to get your bets in now at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked on to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Bears' schedule has this weird dichotomy to it at the beginning where we do see some of the easier teams right up near the front, and yet I don't think the Bears will necessarily come out to a hot start, or at least it won't feel like a hot start early on. I think the Los Angeles Rams in week one are really going to be a big test. And there's a reason why the Bears are seven-point underdogs at this point in May. The Rams are a team going all-in again on trying to win this season and feeling like the upgrade at quarterback is going to be the big thing they were missing, or at least going to be a big difference in helping them push forward, even though they were, you know, a 10-6 and six team last season. They had the number one defense in the NFL. And I know you lose defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, but Aaron Donald is still back there, and they still have a lot of talented pieces. And you expect better from Matthew Stafford to, to upgrade from their 22nd-ranked offense, and all of a sudden you can see why there's some, some momentum behind this franchise heading into the season. And so I don't like the chances of Aaron Donald versus Andy Dalton in particular, that that pressure up the middle can be very difficult for a quarterback like Dalton that needs things clean and, and tidy in the pocket. I, just, I have my doubts about Chicago coming out as a well-oiled machine compared to the Rams coming out maybe just in a little bit better shape with some of their pieces Whereas I think it's going to be more of an adjustment for Andy Dalton and the Bears. And so, you know, I'm, I'm tentatively expecting a, a tough loss in that game. But then you get the Bengals. All right, easy enough. But then it's the Browns. And I'm a big believer in what they're building over there right now. I, th- I think Baker Mayfield's going to be able to have another strong season, maybe his best season yet, as they surround him with more and more talent on both sides of the ball, especially that defense. Seems like it's starting to come together more and more. And as much as you have trouble truly trusting the Cleveland Browns, it feels like you know after the 11-5 and season last year with now Kevin Stefanski, the favorite to be coach of the year this upcoming season, they've got really talented running backs. They're finally building things out there in that rookie quarterback kind of mold of finally supporting what you have in Baker Mayfield before that contract is really going to make them pay a big-time money in the near future. This is where it's going to start being tough to play the Browns. And where, again, I don't have that optimism for the Bears to come into that game and just completely go blow for blow with them. Again, assuming an Andy Dalton-led team. If Justin Fields starts week one, then maybe by week three, things will be a little bit more up to speed and and we can start having a slightly different conversation. But, like, I'm not trying to go every game-by-game win and loss here, but it feels like a a one-and-two start to those first three games on paper in May, and then you can start to ramp up a little bit more with Lions and Raiders, and maybe those are a couple of wins. But then you hit that tough stretch of Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers, and Steelers. And, you know, it's tough to go into that bye week feeling like, you know, you're a hot team by any means. And maybe that's where you start to see the, the Justin Fields change 
come in. Because even if you beat the Lions and the Raiders there and you get back up to three and two, it's that four-game stretch. Maybe maybe you split two of them. Maybe you win one of the three and then you're, what, four and five or maybe five and four. And, and you can be you can feel all right about being five and four, but you're kind of hovering on this like middle-of-the-pack team and it wasn't really a hot start despite having a, a nice little sprinkle of easy games in there. And so then... Then it's kind of a, a tougher bout with the Ravens right out of the bye week. You get a little bit of a relief from the Lions, and then the Cardinals are kind of up in the air. That, that could be easier stretch. And then it's Packers, Vikings, Seahawks, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And then, of course, you wrap up with the Giants and Vikings at the end. And, like, man, that's it's, it's hard to see, like, a clear path for the Bears to get on any kind of major winning streak. But it, it, there's also not, like, an obvious stretch of, like, oh, man, they're going to lose three or four games in a row in some stretch there. I mean, maybe the Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers stretch there could be three in a row if the Niners are really starting to get back to where they were a few years ago. And maybe, you know, down the stretch, you know, the Seahawks, the Vikings are good. You could have sort of Packers, Vikings, Seahawks be difficult there. You know, Cardinals even before that if they're playing well. But other than that, it feels like a lot of alternating. You know, just like the home and away, it's there's no back-to-back road games and no back-to-back home games. It doesn't feel like there's much more than a one or two game winning or losing streak at any point in the schedule before you get a team that you more you feel like you should be able to beat if you're a decent team. You know, if you're a bad team, you're going to lose to the Raiders and you're going to lose to the Cardinals and you're going to lose to the Giants and you know teams that maybe you feel like you should beat if you're a good team. But then you got those games in the schedule that are just going to be tough. The Rams, the Browns, the Packers twice if Aaron Rodgers is playing presumably the Buccaneers, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. And so it's going to be tough. And I don't know where exactly you're supposed to sprinkle a rookie quarterback in there. I do think there are a few games that should be good benchmarks of letting us know if the Bears are actually any good or not this season, starting with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. We'll highlight the most pivotal games and give a preliminary win-loss prediction next on Locked On Bears. Other than the Bears schedule, my favorite schedule is the scheduled delivery date when I order my next box of Built Bars. They just taste so good. They truly are the world's best tasting protein bars because they don't taste like regular protein bars. They taste like candy bars. But instead, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. You really can't go wrong with any of their delicious flavors. I have tried every single one of them, and I have to say my favorites are coconut, raspberry, cookies and cream, and salted caramel. Because salted caramel, to me, it tastes like a Milky Way, but it's not loaded up with any of that extra sugar or calories that I don't need. I'm telling you, you got to try them for yourself. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Every game on the Bears' schedule counts the same, but some games will carry a little bit more meaning to it when it comes to just measuring how good this team is and where they are progressing along the way. 
because we talked yesterday and, and on previous podcasts about how there's there's kind of a split focus now where you do want to win this season, but you also are looking a little bit more long-term with building around Justin Fields for the future. But as you kind of look at this schedule, you can get a sense of how they're going to stack up against some of these teams that maybe we're not positive how good the opponent is going to be. And so if the Bears can beat them, you could start to separate this team ahead of some of the other teams that might be, again, a little bit more in the middle as far as separating the best from the worst. And so I think for me, one one place it starts is week five against the Las Vegas Raiders. And not just because I don't fully trust John Gruden, but that game will be the Bears' first game in Las Vegas. It'll be kind of a revenge game from the game in London a couple of years ago. I think that one was also a week five game, if I remember right. The last game of Kyle Long's career where the injuries started on the offensive line and the Bears really fell apart and kind of got embarrassed in London against a team that maybe we felt like the Bears should have been a better matchup with. So I I think it will be, to some extent, a measurement of on-field performance, but also off the field, how focused and connected and tuned in this Bears team is going to Vegas and playing in this brand new stadium that literally has like a nightclub in one of the end zones. Like it's a bottle service open tables thing where you watch the game, but it's kind of its own little party zone. And one of the things that gets underreported a lot in the NFL is how players spend their time at away games. And notoriously, games in Miami have had players out very late the night before and playing those games low on sleep and and low on energy and not playing quite at their best in addition to the heat. And none of this is to say the Bears have been guilty of this specifically, but it is a very known thing sort of behind the scenes in NFL circles about Miami in particular, but it's true in Atlanta and Houston and some of these other cities as well. They're more known for that nightlife and that party scene. And so, of course, playing in Vegas is a test there to you know, how dedicated are these Bears players to the team? Of course, they're allowed to have fun and they're allowed to go do things and, you know, they don't have to be shut-ins when they're not playing football, but there's a responsibility there and a line there and a bedtime there to get ready for a 3 o'clock game the following Sunday. You know, things like that can can test a team a little bit going to Vegas and how prepared, how sloppy they may be in that game could be an indication of how well they are truly banded together and focused and buying in on everything the Bears are selling. Now, of course, if you beat a team like the Buccaneers or the Packers with Aaron Rodgers or even the Browns or the Rams or the Seahawks, like, of course, those are potential quote-unquote statement games where maybe the Bears beat a team that they weren't quote-unquote supposed to, you know, beat a team they weren't supposed to. But I think for me, those can be a little bit, not fluky, but just a little bit harder to replicate. Like, we've seen... Bad teams beat good teams on one-offs throughout different seasons in the past. And so, for me, it's it's kind of more about these middle-of-the-line teams like the Raiders, where if you start adding them up over the course of the season and say, okay, if you beat the Raiders in Week 5, and you beat the 49ers in Week 8, and you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 9, and you beat the Arizona Cardinals, all of a sudden, you start adding up wins against middle-of-the-pack teams, and all of a sudden you're not in that pack anymore. Maybe you're not the Buccaneers. Maybe you're not the Ravens. Maybe you're not the Browns. Maybe you're not in that 13, 12, even 11-win tier of top contenders. But if you start beating all of the other 
borderline contenders, you clearly start looking like more of the cream of that crop and start pushing yourself up to some of those other spots. So, yeah, for me, right before the bye week, the Steelers is going to be a big one. You know, this pivotal time of like, do we start Justin Fields after this game or do we keep going with Andy Dalton, assuming Dalton is still the quarterback? The bye week temptation to change is going to be there. But if Dalton goes to Pittsburgh, a, a former division rival he's played many times and has a good game, and they win, and maybe they're five and four and above five hundred at that point. You know, do the Bears have the the guts to make another quarterback change with a winning record? And while things are going generally well at, at on your offense, just to get what you think will be the better quarterback in there at the bye week, and then even coming out of the bye week versus the Baltimore Ravens, how many years in a row have we seen the Matt Nagy led Chicago Bears come out of the bye week with a dud and just look? A little bit unprepared and, and like they didn't have a bye week in the previous game. And the Ravens are going to be a, a really tough game coming out of that bye week. And so that's another one where I'm looking for at least progress there. Where it feels like the Bears don't get absolutely shellacked. I'm not expecting them to just beat the Ravens outright at that point. But every year under Matt Nagy so far, it has been a disappointment coming out of the bye. And that's a, a pivotal moment where we would like to at least see a little bit more progress there. So it feels like these bye weeks are actually being properly utilized and gearing them up for a much longer stretch of the season. But then, you know, after the Lions on Thanksgiving, you have a long week for the, the Cardinals. That's a game, again, if the Bears are going to be a decent team, you should win that game. And then the two Vikings games as well, 15 and 18. If you're going to go to the playoffs, you need to win at least the last one, if not both of those games. And there's a chance the Vikings are improved and contending and trying to push for that division title. And there's a chance the Vikings are struggling and looking to fire their head coach and change quarterbacks next year and kind of blow some of that stuff up. So it's a little bit hard to measure, but there's something to be said about getting hot going into the postseason. And it's that stretch right at the end there. Vikings, Seahawks, Giants, Vikings. I, I don't think I can count on beating the Seahawks in Seattle on that Week 16 game, but if you can win three of those four, or at least the last two, versus the Giants and the Vikings and get some of that momentum going potentially into the postseason, or even if it's Justin Fields just winning his last two games of the season before heading into 2022, that's a moment on the schedule that you'd really like to see the Bears finish strong either way to give you something to kind of build off of heading into 2022. So I think at this point, I see this Bears schedule and this Bears team, and I expect them to maybe win a game or two that they're not supposed to, and also lose a game or two that they're not supposed to. And for me, I come back to probably seven or eight wins, and that's that's right where the over-under is set at seven and a half, and I think that's a really good spot. It's tough for me to envision the Bears as a nine or ten win team unless Justin Fields gets on the field early, and really has a strong rookie season. But I think that's a little bit too high of expectations than at least that I want to put on the rookie quarterback at this stage in his career. I think we will see probably more Andy Dalton than we want to see, whether that's all 17 games or whether it's just to the Week 10 bye week. I don't know, but I, I don't think we're going to see Justin Fields early enough to make a drastic turnaround and change and, and not expect Justin Fields to be able to go into Green Bay and win in Week 14 and sweep the Vikings in Weeks 15 and 18 and go to Seattle and we know that's a tough stretch in that late season portion 
heading into the final two games where I think it, it cools off a little bit more. So it, it just doesn't feel like on paper right now everything aligns for the Bears to make some kind of spectacular run in 2021. There's plenty of time for that to change. It takes an Aaron Rodgers trade to Denver to completely flip the script. It takes an injury to name a quarterback. You know, I'm not going to wish that on any quarterback, but you know, all, all it takes is some kind of drastic change there. And at least one of these teams that we think is going to be pretty good probably isn't going to be very good. Again, I'm betting it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it could be the 49ers. They could, they could certainly take a step back. I've already mentioned the Cardinals and the Raiders as well as guys that just might not be pushing it as hard, but I think it's going to be a tough two out of the first three. It lightens up a little bit more, then it's tough going into the bye week, and then it's kind of bumpy back and forth through the rest of the season, and that's it's about seven or eight wins for me. I think if I, if I really had to put my money down, I would hone in on seven as opposed to eight, but I still don't think that means it's a terrible season, and I think it's more about seeing enough from Justin Fields and some of the young pieces to feel like there is optimism for 2022 and beyond, presumably also some improvement from Matt Nagy and some of the moves Ryan Pace has made to feel like they are the right guys for 2022 and beyond. Maybe that's a conversation for another podcast. We'll have to get to that in the near future here, so make sure that you keep tuning in to Locked On Bears and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. That's the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Next week, we're going to answer, I think, the question of the draft. Why does the Justin Fields pick feel differently than the Mitch Trubisky pick? I asked for your voicemails on the Locked On Bears voicemail line to help me answer that question. We got a ton of of callers in. I really appreciate everyone who has contributed that. We'll go through some of the best of them and really try and answer the question about why it does just feel a little bit different, or maybe for some of you, why it doesn't feel any different and why Fields feels the same as the Mitch Trubisky pick. Still time to get your call in if you want, although we've got so many of them, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to them all at this point, but certainly we'll try and get the best ones in. 312-620-8590 is our voicemail line. You can always find it in the podcast description, and we throw it in the episode description whenever we ask for calls as well. So I hope you will tune back in for that. We'll keep the Bears content coming for you all off season long. So don't go anywhere. Podcast is here for you, and most importantly, here to help you Bear down.